Hello, and welcome to episode 83 of My Circus, My Monkeys. When we were at ACPA, we did a session entitled Refocusing on Employee Engagement Ensures Team, Student, and Institutional Success. As the name suggests, we dove into why employee engagement is so important for us, our team, and our students. But if you're already overwhelmed, the last thing you have room for on your plate is worrying about some vague concept like employee engagement. So we're going to talk about five ways you can jump in and increase team engagement starting now. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Okay, so you probably have some questions about employee engagement. Like, what is it? Is it really that important? And how do I get some? I want to make this episode short and sweet, so I don't want to go too much into detail here. I've done other episodes on engagement, so be sure to check those out as well. But let's briefly address those three questions. What is employee engagement? Well, it's a psychological investment in your job and your institution. So do you feel invested in what you do every day and where you do it? It's similar to and just as important as the student engagement we're all so familiar with. Second question, is employee engagement really that important? To quote Michael Scott, yepers. In a nutshell, Engaged teams report having 10% higher customer engagement, which for us are students, 23% more profitability, and I know we're largely nonprofits, but this means more money to use on things like better facilities, better salaries, and being able to hire someone to help you do the two jobs you're currently doing. It means 18% higher productivity in sales, which again for us are students. Sales in higher ed means enrollment numbers. Engaged teams report having 14% higher productivity overall, so getting more things done, and report 66% higher well-being. And finally, let's talk about that last question. How do I get some of that sweet, sweet engagement? Well, there are plenty of engagement surveys out there, but if you want a tool that's research-based and allows you to make improvements quickly, we recommend Gallup's Q12 Engagement Survey. It focuses on the 12 elements that most impacts employee engagement. I won't go through them here because, again, I've done other episodes where I do, but they can help you assess where you and your team are and, more importantly, how to improve those engagement levels. I definitely recommend investigating the Q12, but to get you started, here are five ways you can jump right in and start positively impacting those engagement numbers. Number one coach your team. Research indicates that employees want a coach, not a boss. What's the difference? A coach asks questions to foster growth and development, 
A boss tells their team what to do and what they think they need to know. And that can be a shift, especially when we feel like we're under constant pressure to keep our nose to the grindstone. To do this effectively, you need to commit to regular meetings with your team members. This means scheduling and keeping those meetings. No more, do you have anything important? If not, let's cancel. You always have something important because your job as a supervisor isn't just to give them updates on what they need to do next. You need to have those regularly scheduled meetings to make sure your team members know what you're expecting from them, which we're going to get to in a second, so that you can talk about how a finished project went, whether they nailed it or failed it. Again, we're going to get to that so that you can invest in their growth and development and even more that will help you increase that engagement level. And a structured one-on-one coaching session allows you to hit on so many of those Q12 that when you don't, you and your team are really missing out. Number two, set clear expectations. We assume our team knows what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, they have job descriptions, right? Yes, they do, but wrong. What people need to be doing is constantly changing. Remember when the pandemic hit and suddenly everything that you and your team did every day had to look different? It's stressful if you don't know what you're supposed to be focusing on, or where you're headed even more. Anymore. This can lead to confusion, frustration, and wasted time and energy. Instead, you as the supervisor need to become clear on what you want and what the team needs to be doing. That might include getting their input, but at the end of the day, you're the supervisor. You're going to be assessing whether or not they have met those expectations. And if you're not clear in the beginning with what you're going to be looking for, you might be judging them unfairly. I mean, have you ever had a supervisor that gave you an assignment, which you did and thought turned out great, only to find out that isn't what they wanted? And then they called you out on that. How fair was it? Be clear on what you want, then communicate clearly about it and integrate this into your coaching meetings. Number three, hold people accountable. One of the most stressful things for supervisors is having to deal with staff members when they don't meet expectations. It's so stressful, in fact, sometimes we just don't do it. But holding people accountable both reinforces expectations and increases the engagement of the rest of your team. This starts with being clear about your expectations. Then during those regular coaching meetings, you check in with updates and answer any questions. And this isn't about micromanaging. It's about making sure that your folks have what they need to do without wasting energy and resources. It's about making sure you're both on the same page. Then when the task, project, or event is done, you talk about it. What went well? What didn't go so well? If they nailed it, you celebrate. Break down what they did well and note it for future projects. If things didn't go well, break that down too. What went wrong? What got in their way? How could it be improved for next time? If someone keeps failing, yes, this might mean starting formal disciplinary procedures. But don't wait until it gets to that point to meet and discuss your team members' progress. And don't miss the opportunity to help the folks who are doing well celebrate their victories. And again, integrate this into your coaching meetings. Number four, invest in strengths. One of the best ways to increase engagement is by using the Clifton Strengths framework. 
When people know what their talents are and understand how to use them more effectively, they become more productive, more creative, and have more positive interactions with you, other team members, and your students. There's been quite a lot of research on this, but when folks have the opportunity to do what they do best every day, aka working in their strength zone, engagement increases. If your team has already taken Clifton Strengths, use it. If it's been a while, re-engage with it. And if your team hasn't taken the assessment, you're missing out on a powerful tool. It can help you and your team make sure you're each using your talents in ways that help you be more productive and waste less energy. In a nutshell, everyone has talents that show up automatically every day. When you use them productively, they show up as strengths. But when you aren't using them productively, they are actively getting in your way. That means you or your team members aren't being very productive, even if you're still doing all the things. When you invest in strengths, you're helping your team become more productive, positive, and creative. Number five, maximize your team's strengths. Once you know what your team member's strengths are, you can use them to maximize your team's overall productivity. As you delegate and help your team grow with professional development opportunities, do it based on their strengths. When you have the people who are best at doing something working on a task or project, it's going to be done better and faster. That means you're using fewer team resources to get blank done. It also means that those people are more engaged because again, when people get the chance to do what they do best every day, their engagement increases. On a strengths-based team, everyone gets the easy job. And that's not because some of the tasks are objectively easier than others, but because someone's talents make it easy for them. When everyone on your team is focused on what they do best, it brings out their best selves. That means when you put the right people in the right places, you maximize your team's performance and productivity. Okay, so those were five things you can do immediately to start increasing your team's engagement. If you want more information on employee engagement, we're actually doing a webinar replay of the ACPA session I mentioned earlier. Refocusing on employee engagement ensures team, student, and institutional success on Monday, March 28th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. There's a link in the show summary to register. And during that, we'll go into more depth about how important employee engagement is and why these suggestions can make such a difference. And even if you get it and are already on board with this concept, invite other folks from your campus, maybe including your supervisor, so they can better understand and appreciate how employee engagement directly affects the success of our students and institutions. Until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, Please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.
As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.